you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fantasy baseball advice. Taking your team to new highs. Starting lineup shreds and waiver wire jams. Getting you ready for fantasy football. All you need to do is call Fantasy Sports Radio all summer long. Fantasy Sports Radio all summer long. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. I don't know how Vic launched it that far while falling backwards, and he is slow getting up. He, he took a real hard shot releasing the football. The word on Michael Vick is the x-rays are negative. That's good news. Very good news. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live, featuring the experts of NFL.com. Big Brandon Jacobs busts off the left side and takes it all the way out to the 30-yard line. And Dan does not get up. On third and nine from the 18, shotgun snap. Heaving it towards the end zone, Whitehurst. And on the run, Vincent Brown got it. Touchdown, San Diego. Oh, perfectly led. Vincent Brown. No, he's hurt. hurt. No, he's hurt. Here are your hosts, Adam Rank and Elliot Harrison. NFL Fantasy Live Series 210 XM 87. I am Elliot Harrison, your host, filling in for Jason Smith, although I'm Normally on the show, usually you don't have me as your uh, bus driver. So just consider me your Quincy Carter uh, for the day. And Quincy I am, Carter. And, and that voice right there is my compadre on NFL Fantasy Live, the TV component, Adam Rank. What's up, man? What's happening, Elliot? I don't know if... Uh... I don't know if we're going to be sick of each other by the end of the day. We did NFL Fantasy Live on NFL.com earlier today. We did the Dave Damashek football program, which is available on iTunes. And now... Which I got to say is the highlight of the day here on Sirius Radio. We are here for the next two hours. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, Jason Smith and Michael Fabiano are in New York for our – what's the best way to describe this event? I've, I've been trying to figure out – what would you say, Adam? What's the best way to describe it? It's a draft spectacular. Now, Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, and our own Dave Damashek are out there for NFL.com Fantasy Week – and you can go to the Best Buy Theater on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and they'll be out there filming NFL.com Fantasy Live, talking to the fans, giving fantasy advice. A lot of ex-players. A lot of ex-players will be showing up. Sounds like a great event. And uh, why aren't we there? Exactly. You know, I went. We're not part of the traveling squad now? Exactly. You know, I went to our boss because I thought that I was supposed to go to New York. Yeah. So I go to his office, and uh, I say, you know, hey, I... Am I not going to New York? You know, because that's the kind of thing, you know, when you live in L.A., you got to plan this stuff. Right. Right. You know, so I'm like, am I am I not going to New York? And he says, ah, Harrison, I, I, I need you here. I need you here. And I said, you know, you've gotten so good at this job. Like your your PR response. Yeah. Canned <laughs> response. Yeah, yeah. You know, we need so, so good, man. We need you here. I, I listen, though. I would say, though, that the people who've been left behind 
which would be Matt Money Smith, Elliot Harrison, myself. Oh, and Akbar, who's going to be joining us here. That's that's solid foursome right there. Yeah, Akbar Gabaja Biamila. Can mm-hmm. you say that three times as fast? Is our new analyst on the yep. show? Played in the NFL. He will be joining us today in a little while. And, uh, you know, Fantasy Live, if you haven't caught it, we're online right now. We've been going on at, what, 10 Pacific every day, right, on NFL.com? Yes. Now, obviously, once the season starts, we're going to be on NFL Network. I'm sure a lot of you listening out there caught us last year. But we have a lot to get to today. So if we were going to have a rumble, our four against their three, who would be the first guy you go after? Well, I don't know if I could get past Fab's cologne. <laughs> that would be tough. Stop you know, it. Because that, that, well, that's the correct answer because I would want him to know that I'm crazy. Like I'm going for the little guy immediately. Boom. Ah, look, I'm going after the little guy. This guy's nuts. The other two guys take off. He's like, ranks too crazy. I'm out. I don't know. I feel like Sheck would go for the knees. <laughs> I feel like he would go. Dirty player. Dirty player for sure. Some headlines today, uh, some of them affecting fantasy, some not as much. But still interesting nonetheless. Uh, you know, Jake Locker is definitely somebody I want to get to here on the show. Adam Locker named starter by head coach Mike Munchak, not based on his training camp, or excuse me, his preseason performance, mm-hmm. because he hasn't been that great in preseason. I think it's the body of work they saw last year in the regular season it was good, and yeah. practice in training camp. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, that when you've invested a, a, a high draft pick in a guy and the two quarterbacks that you have in there, the veteran and the and the second-year guy in this instance are, are basically equal, go with the young guy and see what you got and see what he can do. And this actually worked out, I believe, for the fantasy enthusiast because I put Jake Locker into this new category that I've created called elite fantasy backups, guys who are not going to be in the top 12. But you know what? If you need a guy to plug in to play those bye weeks, those injury replacements, they can come in be very serviceable. Jake Locker is a guy that I like a lot because I, I like the guys who have the high upside, who have the high potential. You know what? Mark Sanchez, Alex Smith, maybe even to some degree Joe Flacco, I know what I'm getting with those guys, and it's not much or else they would be number one quarterbacks. So with a guy like Locker who could run the ball and has the chance to put up points on the ground and through the air, I like to have him on my bench because you don't know. You know what? He could come out and be fantastic work his way into being a quarterback one. You're not going to have to invest a high draft pick in him. So I would rather stockpile guys like that as opposed to, you know, your your regular, you know, mid-card guys. And and let's just throw this out there. Week seven, you've got six teams on a bye. Mm, Yes. And so you're going to have to cover yourself in some way, shape, or form. Here are the teams, week seven, who are on a bye. Atlanta, Mm -hmm. that's Matt Ryan, who's going to be a stud this year. I love him, yes. Denver, Peyton Manning. Kansas City, Matt Castle, who could su- surprise some folks. Uh, Miami with their new starter, who we'll talk about in a minute. Philadelphia with the injured Mike Vick. And San Diego with Phillip Rivers. Those are a lot of guys that are going to be drafted right there who aren't going to be playing. Jake right. Locker has got the Buffalo Bills. Why not? Spot start. Spot start. That's a perfect spot for him. The other and if th- you have Mike Vick, you're probably already starting Jake Locker anyways. All right. And, yeah, exactly. The other deal with Jake Locker that I think is interesting, and it's something I've talked about a lot on our show, on our television side, is that you have to look at the fantasy playoff schedule. Mm -hmm. Look at who your team is, or that guy's team is playing in week 14, 15, and 16, when 95% of the fantasy leagues out there are having their playoffs. The Tennessee Titans in week 14 are playing at the Colts. That's a favorable matchup. (laughs) So, you know, there's, I know it's risky, 
to go with your backup in the ultimate playoff game. But when he's got a matchup like the Colts, why not? Then Locker has to play the Jets. That's not necessarily a good matchup. But then at the Packers, hey, the Packers gave it up last year. Yeah, Matt Stafford lit him up in Week 17. Obviously, that wasn't a playoff game for many of you. But, yeah, I don't know. The the defense was good two years ago, so I'm not – Overly, you know, overly excited about that matchup. Again, though, do you do this with your normal starters, or are you looking at backups when you're trying to look at the playoff schedule? Because well, I did no, no. Because full disclosure, I did this last year. Uh, Red Dalton had a great playoff schedule. I had the Rams, and yeah, you yeah. know, and he had, the, and I'm like, you know, what, I'm going to keep them, and I'm going to be able to use them. And uh, and I had Eli Manning, who had a tough playoff schedule. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know. So I, I think it's good to look at that, but sometimes last year it bit me. Yeah, well, you don't ever want to chop off your nose to spite your face. Uh, okay, I mean, if you have Tom Brady, you need to start the guy. But we can't all have Tom Brady as our starter. But it is, yeah, and it's good to look at, like, who's playing. Like, if an outdoor guy is playing in the cold weather in the playoffs and things like that, all things to consider. Well, that brings me to our next quarterback and our next headline here. Ryan Tannehill has been named the starter in Miami. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was someone that we thought – and most league observers thought would assimilate the offense quickly because he'd already played under Mike Sherman at Texas A&M, and that's the offense they're running down in Miami. But I think even the Dolphins' front office was a little surprised at how quick, not only quickly Tannehill was able to pick up the pro game, but he is just not intimidated out there, Adam. If you watch Hard Knocks, Tannehill looks like he belongs. He doesn't look like some rookie that doesn't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And now he's a starter. A, how do you feel about that from a reality sense? And B, does he have any fantasy value going forward? It comes from the familiarity and just knowing the offense so well. To me, it would be like when you're in high school or college and you're going into a test and you actually studied and you feel confident. You know, know, nothing's bothering you. You're not saying a little prayer because you're like, you know what? I know this material. Yeah, I know this material. I'm fine. And I think Tannehill had that when he was going to the Dolphins camp, was even ahead of some of the veterans, you know, who were trying to learn Mike Sherman's offense. So he had that edge, and that's that's played really well. And it goes back to what I was saying about Jake Locker. When you have two quarterbacks, if they're equal, you know, if, if him and Matt Moore are equal, well, look, Matt Moore is not your long-term answer. There's a reason why you drafted Tannehill. Go with the kids, see what he's got. And, you know, I watched some Texas A&M games last year. I'm kind of – I'm not going to go out and say, look, he's going to be a number one quarterback. But – I kind of like him, and when again, when you're looking at guys for your backup, high ceiling guys. Tannehill could be a high ceiling guy. Now I understand his receivers aren't that great, and you know, but he still mastered that offense already. He knows what he's doing. I would give him a shot over a guy like Alex Smith or any of the other guys down at the bottom, Christian Ponder or anybody like that. I was waiting for you to say mid car jobbers. I was working. It's a two-hour show, so I didn't want to go into curtain jerkers and mid-card jobbers too early, but I certainly can. Well, a couple things on on Tannehill. I think it was a smart move bringing David Garrard in there because he got to see how a professional approaches his job with a good attitude. I mean, obviously Matt Moore is there too, but David Garrard's got a few more skins on the wall than Matt Moore does. And then when Garrard got hurt, it ended up playing into his favor. Not that he was hoping that Garrard would get hurt. And then we just talked about with Locker, the playoff schedule. Let me give you the Dolphins week 14 through week 16. Week 14, which would be the opening round of your playoffs, they're at the 49ers. Obviously, bad matchup. Mm-hmm. But if you get past that point and your normal starter is either hurt or has a really tough matchup, he's got Jacksonville in Miami. And then Super Bowl week, Super Bowl fantasy week, he's got Buffalo nice. in Miami. That's not bad. 
That's a pretty good setup, yeah. But then you get to the point where what quarterback do you start and what quarterback do you bench for someone like a Tannehill with a, with a good playoff matchup? Yeah, it's really it's really hard to tell because so many times you start your season off high hopes, high expectations. I've got this quarterback. You never know if, if he's going to get hurt or what's going to happen. If you got Mike Vick, you know he's going to get hurt. So you go through it. and it, Like if you have Ben Roethlisberger, and this is the one thing, when you draft Ben Roethlisberger and you're sitting there and you're looking at your team, you hate it. And Ben Roethlisberger's been like a decent fantasy quarterback over the years, and he's had some pretty good, you know, he's he's had some production. But you still look at it, there's just not the name value, you know. It's just not, just doesn't sizzle, you know. If you've got, like, even if you've got, like, Matt Ryan or somebody, you feel like, you know what, yeah, I got a guy with a lot of upside, he's going to throw the ball a lot. You feel pretty good, you know. But So when if you have a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, you don't feel good. So that's why I like to get guys like Tannehill or Locker or somebody who can just come out and surprise and be like, I hope somebody can save me from picking up a guy like this. Well, you've always been a big Eli Manning supporter. Okay, so let's say Eli Manning is your starting quarterback in fantasy, Mm -hmm. and you have Tannehill. Either you drafted him or you picked him up on the waiver wire. It's your Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Week 16 of the regular season. Eli Manning's playing at Baltimore. All right. Do you want Eli Manning at Baltimore, or do you want Ryan Tannehill at home versus the Bills? It's one of those things I'm a big proponent of always start your studs. Don't overthink it. I don't like getting too cute with the matchups. But the thing I will tell you at that point of the season is that we will have seen Tannehill against the Bills at one point and say he throws for 402 yards and three touchdowns, and you get to it, and you're like, you know what? I kind of like this guy starting. I would probably still go with Eli just because I love the whole idea of just, I, I just don't like, I, I've got my stud and it happened to me last year. I had Eli Manning in a, in a couple of leagues too. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just sticking with him because getting burned because your starter hasn't been good is it's More pretty palatable. bad. You know, you're like, oh, this is terrible. Eli let me down. He threw a pick, and he did this. The worst thing you can do, though, is bench your stud against Baltimore. You're like, I've got all I've got all the information that I need. And then he goes out and throws for four touchdowns. I, I always play with the what's easier to live with in hindsight. And if I benched my guy who is my stud and I go, you know what, I'm going to pull the Montgomery Burns. I'm going to play the matchup, you know. I'm going to bench Daryl Strawberry for Homer Simpson because I want the righty in there to face their lefty. And it backfires, of course, in that famed Simpsons episode. It doesn't backfire. But if it does, that to me is the worst. That's the most egregious thing you can do as a fantasy enthusiast. Well, we've been talking to young quarterbacks. We got to Locker. We got to Tannehill. A little bit of surprise out of Seattle. Going into the ultimate preseason game, third week of preseason is always the game that the starters play the most. Starters don't play hardly at all in the fourth preseason game. Russell Wilson's getting the nod against the Chiefs Friday night. Boy, what do you make of this? They put the money behind Matt Flynn. I thought Flynn was going to start all along, trying to trade T-Jax. Do you see any fantasy value for Russell Wilson, and do you think he wins that job? Let me tell you something, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I said that we both write for NFL.com. We do other writing besides fantasy football. We You do the power rankings, which are on NFL.com, which I love. After the draft, I did predictions for the rookie class. And I said of Seattle's draft, I said Russell Wilson will surpass Tim Tebow 
as the change of pace quarterback in vogue in the NFL in 2012, and it's already started. Russell Wilson is a lot like Tim Tebow, except he can actually throw the ball. And I'm telling you right now, if you if your team, if your league is deep enough, and you to me he would have to be a third quarterback. I don't know that I could trust him as a number two right now. I might change my mind given this week's game. I love him because he can run and he can throw. He was so good at Wisconsin. Pete Carroll loves him. He plays in a somewhat crummy division, although it's getting better. I think the NFC West is getting better. I'm taking a I'm taking a chance at him. I like having him. I actually had I've, I've finally done one draft, and I picked him up because I have it's a keeper league. So I have Tom Brady was my keeper quarterback. I picked Andy Luck, and then I'm like, you know, what? I'm just gonna put Wilson on my bench just so nobody else can have him. I have a lot of confidence in him. How about you? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Where did you take Andrew Luck? Man, it's a it's hard to explain because it's a it's a keeper league with IDPs. So the commissioner makes us auto draft and you got to go in and rank and i'm the only one who does this who goes in and ranks and if you play in a the way the setup is is that it jumbles the defensive players so you have to painstakingly rank all these guys and so i ranked uh, figuring where um figuring where the keepers were going to go andrew luck was probably my second uh position player to go off the board Got it. Got it. Well, so it would have been probably like my second pick, just because it's a keeper pick. Well, I'm going to respond to Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck right now for me is ninth round at the highest, at the highest. I, I, I can't – I understand uh, people's enthusiasm about him. And then some people saw the interceptions. He threw two picks against Pittsburgh, one mm-hmm. of which was fluky. But I loved his composure out there. But loving someone's composure and fantasy production are two different things. And I just don't see how you could take the guy higher than the ninth or tenth round. No, absolutely. He's not going to be a number one quarterback for you. He's going to be in that class of elite backup. And he's going to he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have games like that where he throws two interceptions. However, he had a rushing touchdown. That's the big key well, for him. He's a little pe- more athletic than people think he is. Way more athletic than people are giving him credit for. If you look at his combine measurables compared to Cam Newton, not only are they similar, they're practically identical. And he doesn't get he doesn't get enough credit for being an athletic player. Go go into uh, YouTube, look up his one handed grab against UCLA. He knocked out a USC defender who had who had scooped up a fumble. Luck came up, nailed him. The guy fumbled. He had another one where he kind of trucked a runner when he was in the open field. I'm I, I don't know if it was Washington State, but it was one of those Pac-12 schools. He's he's a great athlete, and you saw on the play, even though he slid at the goal line against the Steelers, it was still at like an option read where he decided, you know what, I'm calling my own number, and that's what I want. I want him to do that six or eight times. If he gets if he gets that number rushing, it's going to way outweigh what he what he loses in like interceptions because he's going to make mistakes. Well, we're going to have to break here in a second. We're bringing the admiral in, Admiral Akbar, joining us. And by the way, you know, Fantasy Cantina is at one. Oh, you man. are aware of this? You've never Am been a I, part of the I don't know cantina. if I've been a part of the fantasy cantina. You haven't been a part of it, which is unfortunate. But Russell Wilson, to answer your question from five minutes ago, and now I'm circling back, <laughs> he's a 14th round pick for me. Yeah. The, That's what he is. A great spot. I, a great spot. I'm telling you, everybody will like, ah, you know, people want to write it off and say, no, nah, it, it can't happen. It can. 
And we also have some callers on the line. So we're going to take your calls coming up next. we got Akbar coming up next. And we have more of your ridiculous thoughts on Mike Sosha. What? Coming up next. Yes, we're talking Mike Sosha, too. You're saying more like we've talked about it already on well, this show. We've, we've, we haven't on this show, but we've been talking around the building. All so day, yeah. So we might spend 10 seconds of a fantasy radio broadcast on Mike Sosha. Maybe. I might give you five seconds. All right. All right, cool. How about UNLV football, too? UNLV football. So stay with us. We're going to take your calls coming up next. Burn up our phone line. It's Sirius 210XM87. This is NFL Fantasy Live. NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Now back to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, Adam Rank and Elliot Harrison. I know you guys don't know this, but that's Ted Nugent, the Motor City Madman. The Nuge. The Nuge. Do you ever listen to uh, Bullet the Blue Sky? No. By you two? Well, the song, yeah. The song? Yeah. Do you notice that's the same, it's the same guitar riff as Stranglehold? I've never listen, noticed that. Listen to the Listen to Bullet the Blue Sky, and then listen to Stranglehold. Same. Fourth song on uh, Joshua Tree. Yeah. I'm a they big, took it. big fan of that album. Man, a lot of good albums came out in like 86, 87. NXS Kick, GNR Appetite for Destruction, Bon Jovi Slippery When Wet. Ah, uh, that's where you, that's, that's the uh, fantasy cliff. <laughs> that's right where it, it fell off. Boom. <laughs> Come on. By the way, I was telling all of you to, to burn up our phone line, and then I gave the call letters and this is what happens when your radio host goes to new york because your boss sends him there and then you get an analyst who's just supposed to spout off a bunch of opinions right. hosting the show so even though i hosted the show all last year it doesn't mean that i do a great job all the time so i'm actually going to try and do my job <laughs> and give the phone number out it's 888 xm fantasy i thought it was better without the number make them earn it Make them work for it. You go find it online. You you figure out, you know, where you can, you know, well, how you can three, get on. We have three callers See, that did that. Those guys earned it. They or did. gals, whoever. Those three people earned it. I think they're all guys. I'm pretty sure. Uh, in fact, Roger in Chicago, which I'm assuming is a man, is calling about Tony Romo. He Roger, is. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, pretty, I'm pretty good, guys. How are you guys doing? Thanks Wonderful, for and being patient while we you know went on and on about Ryan Tannehill. Well, that's no problem though. Now you got me thinking. You got me thinking really. I picked up Romo. I'm in an eight man uh, standard league. Pretty small. Eight man. God, that must eight. be great. It, it is. It's just but you, these guys they drafted crazy and I and they threw me off my game plan. I mean, the top seven quarterbacks were gone by round by the end of round two, and I picked second. So I'm sitting here in my I'm blinking right. Uh-huh. And uh, and Aaron Rodgers went first, and I'm going now. No, this this is just this is unbelievable. So I ended up with uh, McFadden and uh, Chris Johnson right off the bat, and I feel delightful huh. about that. I and, feel like but, you're, it. That feels like a Thelma and Louise team. You're like, you know what? I'm hitting the accelerator and just driving for the cliff. Either we make <laughs> right. it or we don't. It's listen. It's either going to be the best thing you've ever done, or else you know what? Good luck next year. Exactly. Well, like I said, the top seven quarterbacks were gone. So now, now I'm facing. Uh, do I do I draft quarterback now? Wait, who did or you just draft? Wait, wait who I did drafted you draft? Romo. I, I drafted Romo in the tenth round. Wow, the tenth so, round of a yeah. ten of a t- of an eighteen. Who was your second pick? 
My second pick two. was McFadden. Yeah, my, uh, my second pick was McFadden, and my third pick was Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, okay. so you so, opened up with Chris Johnson? Yeah, I got I took Chris Johnson, and the only reason I took Chris Johnson right off the bat, and, and call me crazy, I know everybody's laughing at me right now, but... Okay, Roger, you're crazy. Yeah, I am crazy, but it's, I think I think Chris Johnson's going to have a better year than uh, Arian Foster, to tell you the truth. I really do. I mean, wow. last, okay. year, last year, fat, and he was on the couch getting that paycheck, trying to get that paycheck, he got the paycheck, and uh, everything was just all Jim Dandy and fine. This year, and the year before that, he was a machine. I think he's back to his machine status. So I'm I'm rolling the dice. Okay, but you're you in an eight-team league. You didn't think he was going to come back to you? Uh, I wanted to get McFadden. What... I, I knew McFadden was going to come back to me. All right. So, okay. So I, well, I, took, I, I gambled and I got McFadden. Actually, I wanted to get Matthew Strafford. But like I said, these guys went like wildfire. I couldn't believe it. So, I mean, this, this these guys are nuts. They're, well, they're just we, absolutely that's... nuts. Hard to believe that guys who would play in an eight-team league would do something nuts. Well, a couple things. Yeah. One, we just played Ted Nugent. I hope we don't play the 70s song Wildfire Fire coming up because it's very depressing. It's about a horse dying out in the snow. Uh, mm-hmm. But that aside, uh, do you want the good news or bad news on Tony Romo? Um, give it to me both because I, got, I both. got Jay Cutler as my uh, Jay Cutler in the 16th round. I love that. I, I love oh, it's beautiful. I love that pick. Then I think you're set. But But here's the deal on Romo. I think Romo is a top seven fantasy quarterback, but right now, week one, you're in trouble. Uh, the offensive right. line is abysmal. Uh, they're trying to teach Doug Free to, to play football at right tackle. Okay. They've got okay. guard centers that are terrible, and they're. I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, but Jason Witten's not playing week one. Okay. Yeah, Austin, and that's my tight end too. Yeah, and, and Miles Austin's probably not going to play week one either. Miles Austin had two separate. Uh, hamstring injuries last year. Now he's got a hamstring problem again. And then now Des Bryant has an issue in his knee. So you're talking about the possibility of the Cowboys starting skill positions week one being John Phillips at tight end, Andre Holmes, and Cole Beasley from SMU. And Kevin Ogletree in the slot. And, And Kevin Ogletree in the slot. So Romo week one is not a really a great option. Uh, but here's the, here's the good thing. Jay Cutler opens up at home against the Colts. That's a good matchup. Uh, Brandon Marshall back. I mean, this this guy, I, I think I think Cutler's going to light it up this year. That's why I took him in the 16th round, but now you got me thinking, should I drop Romo or should I keep him and just see what No, 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 no. Keep him. Keep him. Keep him. Keep, Absolutely keep him. Keep, okay. Absolutely keep him. He's got, keep him. He's got trouble right now, but you, you can't, you know, we've talked about this You're before. in an eight-team league. You're going to have two elite quarterbacks. You're, you're good with Romo and Cutler. Boy, okay. you know, and on a side note, it sure would be nice just once if we would be allowed to play in an eight-team league. We always have to it's, play in twelve teams. I'll tell you what, it's too much. It's too much to say. The, the eight's a little too much. I will defend a ten-team league to the death. Eight's a little too much. Find two other friends. Yeah, well, well right now uh, half our guys are deployed, so none of them can uh, could uh, draft with us. And, oh, okay. Uh, the, yeah, and the in the other the other league I'm in, which is another eight man, I I don't want to accept two more guys like the guys we have because right now these eight guys are just impossible to deal with. So <laughs> it, it's just it's just enough jackals where I'm like, you know what, our league's set for the rest of our lives. We don't need any additional uh, jackals in this league whatsoever. So right, right. Well, yeah. Well, as long as you're having fun. Well, and, and yeah, Roger, we're, we're, we're really having fun. So. But yeah, appreci- I mean, this Romo thing was just—it's just—I I just couldn't hold, believe 
seven. Hold on to him. Hold on to oh. him. Don't don't panic. It's just going to be tough week one. But you got uh, you got Jay Cutler there going against the Colts. But we have to get to our new compadre on NFL okay. Fantasy Live. Akbar Gabajabiamila is going to be with us any second here. As soon as they let his call through, can we get that? Can we get the act? Can we get the admiral on? I'm I'm here. You're there. Yeah, I'm here. Where are you? Where am I? I'm I'm in the podcast studio. We're in the never, studio that you never grace us with your presence up here. We did. <laughs> well, we, you know what? I, I don't know where the bat cave is. I got to get to the bat cave. No one's told me. Oh, I, I, listen, we we filmed our show this morning, NFL Fantasy Live, which just aired at uh, three out two and a half hours ago. And then once that show's over, you know what the the, the moves that Akbar had on the field, he shows in running to the parking lot and getting the heck out of here. That's right. And, <laughs> and I tell you what. You know the other move that he has done so well? He swimmed moved me to get to his car to get out of here. <laughs> and then I also love, did you notice the coffee brown pants with, oh, the, so sharp with the taupe jacket? I, no, 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 no. It's no. not. It it's not, that's not a taupe. Oh, that's excuse me. Is it, it's ecru. It's ecru. Is that right? No. It, it's it's more like uh, like cream. Just cream. Just, just keep, keep, keep it in, in that area. It's, just, it's a cream-looking jacket. And the pants were more olive, like food. I like more food. I'm a food guy. Well, Akbar. Hope is out of food. Akbar, we we, we got a serious question for you. We just had yeah. Roger on the line who's stressing out about his eight-team league, which, you, I mean. The guy, I don't think you're allowed to stress for it. I know. The guy's league. got Walter Payton, Earl Campbell, and Eric Dickerson in the flex. Oh, did you say eight? Eight. Like eight. Oh, eight. Like, like oh, Adam eight, Rich like, in eight is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Eight, eight teams. So he took Chris Johnson. In the first round, and then he comes back with Darren McFadden. And the reason I'm bringing this up to you is, uh, you know, you're a conservative guy. Isn't that a little risky, going with CJ and McFadden both? I mean, I, I can handle having one, but both of them, as as Adam says, you're really you're you're going for broke. You're either going to win your league or they're both going to go down in flames. Yeah, it's too risky. I mean, you know, I think especially when you're looking at building your team around running back. I'm I'm philosophically different from a lot of fantasy owners, but I do believe that my philosophy is the best. That is, you start your, your, your roster with a quarterback, somebody who's going to, over history, have shown well, a position that will give you more points than any other position, and that's the quarterback position. So when you take a guy like CJ2K, uh, who, who's not coming off the greatest year ever, uh, you take a guy like Darren McFadden, who we know has injuries um, that pops up all over his body, uh, his toes one. So we're, we're trying to figure out what's next. That is a risky deal. Now, you do know what the potential, their, their output is, but I'm not willing to risk my entire season to have my friends make fun of me, to have people look at me and say, you're a horrible manager, and look at me like I stole something because I, I like those two names. And that kind of gets to the point that I talked earlier today, not getting very emotional over mm-hmm. your pick. Like, oh, I like these guys. These guys, I know they're going to hit it. Like you got to use a little bit of logic and in, in reason in this. It's true. And Akbar, just let everybody at home know uh, how tall are you? Well, uh, is that my combine height or my actual height? Your society height. How would you describe it? Because because in society, everybody's always two inches taller. Well, <laughs> my society height then is six six. Yeah. Okay. Why are you afraid of anybody making fun of you? You're six six. I think you shouldn't be. You shouldn't let fantasy shame kind of dictate what you're going to do. I think that's a, that's a new psychological term that should be added into the psychological <laughs> dictionary, and that is fantasy shame. Fantasy and, shame. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on how you grew up. And for my development, you know, I, you know, no one ever taught me how to deal with fantasy shame. And for me, I think it's the greatest representation outside of your clothing or your, you know, your some of your your house or your your car. That right there is you can hold as a trophy. Like I outmanaged you. I'm a better manager than you are. And who wants to be a poor manager? You know, because then people start looking at you like, man, you can't manage your fantasy team. You probably can't even manage your finances at home. Right. You probably, I mean, it says a lot about who you are. So when you start taking risks like getting a CJ2K or Darren McFadden early, I mean, with your first two picks, I mean, that is a disaster waiting to happen. I'm sorry. I mean, now, if these guys are healthy, I'm going to say, you know, that's, that, that's a good pick because you know what they're going to give you, but you don't know but what they're these guys not. are going to give you. Well, you know, it's. It, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I, I think shame is when you you call a receiver lazy, and then he catches a 50 yard bomb on you one handed, and then you pull up like you had a bad hamstring. Oh wait, <laughs> that happened with Darrell Rivas. Right? <laughs> I think that happened. That did happen. Uh, we should, you know what? Uh, uh, we should uh, defer to Dave Damashek, who is uh, the master of the shame report. So maybe we should say fantasy chagrin. So we're, not, so we're not stepping in, because I don't want Dave to be all, ah, listen, fellas. I no, no, no. Fantasy well, chagrin, though. I think, it's a good, I think it's a good term we can use. Well, we actually have Mark in West Virginia who's been holding very patiently. He doesn't want to be shamed in a trade offer that he's got on the table. Mark, appreciate you staying on the line with us. What's your trade? Hey, it's my pleasure. Good listening. I appreciate all you guys' help. Uh, what I have is a 10-team non-PPR, which is the key point here. Uh, we start uh, quarterback, two running backs. Three wide receivers, a tight end, no flex. No flex, so okay. My, uh, yeah, no flex. So my wide receivers, or excuse me, my running backs, uh, I got Foster and DeMarco Murray, uh, and then I backed them up with Doug Martin, Ryan Williams. Uh, I got an offer on the board for to trade uh, DeMarco Murray for Wes Welker. Now my wide receivers, I have Colston, Steve Johnson, uh, Jeremy Macklin, Nate Washington, of course, I'm only starting three of those. So the question is, in the non-PPR, is Walker worth DeMarco Murray? And I'm really worried about the uh, Dallas line. I would probably avoid that trade because there are so many guys in New England who will be fighting for targets, Brandon Lloyd, the two tight ends. So there's going to be so many, even though Tom Brady throws for 5,000 yards. Wes Welker's numbers are going to come down a little bit. And if you have an, an asset like DeMarco Murray, do you like that asset? That's a pretty good way, way to put that. If you have a guy like that, I would try to aim a little bit higher as in a trade because obviously you do want to pedal one of these running backs for a big-name receiver. I think you can do a little bit better than Wes Welker. Akbar, would you trade DeMarco Murray for Wes Welker? DeMarco Murray for Wes Welker. And I, I wasn't, just so you guys know, I wasn't privy to hear anything uh, just because uh, – uh, I, I'm not here. I'm at That's a remote okay, location. But you, yeah, but you tune yeah. us out on the show anyway. No, so. I, I think I was getting ready. I was getting ready to say I think you guys purposely tuned me out on the question uh, just to to kind of continue the, the the fantasy shame here. But no, to trade Demarco Murray for I I I think that's a to me uh, because of uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the offensive output that they put on so far in the preseason because of things surrounding them. I would make that trade for DeMarco Murray uh, for Wes Welker. Yes, Wes Welker will get less production, but when you look at the entirety and the involvement that the Dallas Cowboys are going to have with, or the, 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 the crises, so to speak, with their offense, uh, I, I think it's a major concern, and, and it's one to, I think, to make a quick uh, move on with, with a, like Wes Welker. You know what you're getting with Wes Welker. 
That I, I agree with that. And so, Mark, I'm going to break the tie That's here. That's going to say, uh, we got to tell Mark I, something. I, I'm, I'm going to break the tie here. I'm going to say that you don't make the trade. And the reason I don't think you make the trade is because there just aren't enough good running backs out there. You know, just like Akbar is saying, you know what you get with Wes Welker. Well, I'm here to tell you, you know what you get with Felix Jones. And it ain't much. And I don't care if he says he's had a good camp. DeMarco Murray is the guy in Dallas. There aren't a lot of good lead backs out there. I don't think you trade out of a position where there's a dearth of good players for a position where there's a lot of good players. So I would – I'd table that trade, and I'm going to have to decide with Adam on this one. I, I, well, well, but, but, but explain why you're, you're – I mean, well, you've already explained why you're fighting, but, I mean, have you not seen how egregious the offensive line looks? In order for a running back to be productive, he needs a very solid offensive line up front. And when I look at what they're doing as far as getting the ball and getting some production up the field – I don't know. DeMarco Murray and the Dallas Cowboys, they, they look troubling to me. They look troubling to me, too. I've watched both their preseason games. So I was, how, I was, how can you, are you going off of emotion, or, or, or oh, what are you going off of? I know you're a big proponent oh. of not drafting off emotion, but I'm going to tell you that DeMarco Murray actually had some holes to run through in San Diego. Now, I don't overrate that because I don't really trust San Diego's front seven. However, however, the Cowboys' offensive line did play a lot better for their first team. Uh, against the Chargers. And the other issue here, Akbar, is right now their passing game is hurt. Miles Austin has a hamstring issue. Jason Witten's not playing for week one. And Des Bryant has an issue now. So they're going to have to lean on DeMarco Murray. That's why I would make the deal. I, You're right. Wes Welker has the skins on the wall. But with Brandon Lloyd in the mix there, I just don't think that Wes Welker is going to be good for 122 catches this but, year. But maybe he's not good for 122 catches. Maybe he's not. But maybe he's good for 87 catches. Maybe he's good for 95 catches, which to me I think is very fantasy-worthy. When you look at what the Dallas Cowboys have up front, you know, they've got Smith, Livings, Costa, those guys up front. Those guys haven't shown – you know, the, the, the type of protection that they need to be, create the holes for Murray. And so when you look at that and you try to weigh it out on a scale, okay, there's nothing wrong with Tom Brady who's going to be giving Wes Walker the ball. Yes, he has a little bit more distraction with Hernandez and Gronkowski and those guys, and he's got, you know, the, the pickings. He can choose whoever he wants. But I would take that. I would take a, a pretty much a diluted situation than an unsure situation. I'm just saying, I mean, you might want to let the guy know that you're siding with me and not Adam. Hey. Hey, fair, fair enough, fair enough, and you can get this kind of analysis on NFL Fantasy Live, our television component. We're on NFL.com at 10 o'clock Pacific, and uh, Akbar, even if you totally just hammered me, love working with you, man. It's been uh, it's, it's been fun so far, and we're looking forward to having you on uh, more this year, and the fact that, I mean, dude, working next to Akbar on TV, it, it, it really is like Balboa Drago. It I is. was thinking I'm, I'm more like staring up at him, man. You guys look like Scott Farkas and Grover Dill. <laughs> I, I have no idea that reference. Christmas Story. I, 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 don't, I, I didn't see a Christmas either, Story. What? I have a great Christmas Story story that I'll give you after the break. We have to break. But Akbar, good having you on, and we will have you on again. And again, that is Akbar Kabaja Biomila, or Admiral Akbar as we like to call him, if you're a Return of the Jedi fan, which, by the way, we had the Star Wars Cantina, the Fantasy Cantina, mind you, at 1 o'clock Pacific. But we are NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius 210, XM87. we got some callers on the line we're going to get to right after the break. It's 888-XM-FANTASY or 888-963-2682. Stay with us.
80s rock bands and fantasy football are a match made in heaven. You are listening to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, Adam Rank and Elliot Harrison. NFL Fantasy Live, I'm Elliot Harrison here with Adam Rank and filling in for Michael Fabiano and Jason Smith who are at our fantasy football event in New York City this week. And uh, that, of course, was Warrant. You knew that, right? I saw them in concert this summer. <laughs> them in Skid Row, they played a free show. Did they play Uncle Tom's Cabin? Stop it. Listen, they play, if you can see Warrant and Skid Row without their original lead singers, you have to do it. But it was actually, it's a really good show. The guy, I can't think of the guy who, who is now the lead singer of Warrant, but he replaced Janie Lane before when he quit the band, and now obviously Janie Lane passed away, and he is the full-time lead singer. It's still, still great. Like, still wow. really good. Well, I wish I could say the same for my host work today, but I feel... Why would you say that? Well, because I don't, you know, I I wanted to be a menacing... You got Akbar's name perfect. (laughs) I wanted to be a menacing host. Kind of a menace? Well, I I feel like... Are you saying Jason Smith's kind of a bully? A little bit. I feel like... But he does a great job. I feel like the dad in... That was such such an aside. (laughs) He's he's a total bully. Great job. Great job. Like, no, no, no. You sound like one of those politicians who are like, he'll be ripping their opponent. Oh, the hell of a guy. But, you know, you're completely wrong about everything. Well, okay. Remember Teen Wolf? When Familiar with the movie. Yeah, when Michael J. Fox first changes into the wolf. Yes. And he looks cool. You know, he was kind of cool looking, right? Yeah. I look like when his dad is trying to knock on the door and say, hey, son, it's okay. And then you open the door and... I'm like the old host from last year, but I don't look menacing. I look like the dad wolf. It, it totally stinks. You know, we've had John on the line forever. He's been holding. He's had a question about running backs. He's in Houston, my home state of Texas. John. Thanks, thanks guys. It. I got a quick question about my draft. Three, three quick questions. I'd like to add them all. I drafted a quarterback first, then went tight in and got my running back third. My question is to you is I've got three uh, – I've got Breeze as my quarterback, Darren Sproles. You there? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Darren Sproles and Mark Colston. My question is, I don't like having three people on the same team. Maybe it's it's a good, okay or it's a good thing. And Sproles is my starting running back. So what do I do? Well, a couple <laughs> things. One, did you just run a sprint? I mean, you are. I mean that he's he's. I mean, he's like right at it. Like that. That definitely. He's excited to be on with. I, you. I think it's awesome, and I love that he called him Mark Colston. I think we should we should do that. You know, you're always calling Andrew Luck, Andy Luck. Can I, John? Am I allowed to borrow that? Can I call Marcus you, you, Colston? You, you, you can do that. All right. I personally don't have a problem. Who wait? Well, so you went quarterback, tight end, running back. Who was the tight end like, you took? My tight end, Jimmy Graham. My thing was I was going to get Brady, and I had the seventh pick, and somebody drafted Brady at six, so I got Breeze, and my tight end is now Grzkowski. Uh, okay. Is- so your three guys. So you have Sproles and Colston. You're worried. So you're not worried about Gronk. I misunderstood that you had Graham. Right. So Colston, right. Sproles, and Breeze, and you're worried about having three guys on the same team. Right. And my backup running back is uh, Doug Martin. And here's my other question. I grabbed uh, Cedric Benson. What is the outlook for Cedric Benson? Is he going to be a good one or just okay? I know Green Bay throws a lot, but is he going to be effective? Okay. I think Green Bay approaches running the ball the same way I approach going to the gym. It sounds like a great idea in theory, and then it never happens. Okay. I, I Now, the the thing with Cedric Benson, it all depends on what you invested in the guy. I mean, if this is a deal where you, I mean, if you, if you 
take him on a late Ryan flat late Ryan late round flyer. Excuse me. I think that Benson could be a real boon for you. Mm-hmm. But okay. these people that are going to be jumping up thinking, oh man, Cedric Benson, thousand yard back in Cincinnati, he's going to be the lead guy in Green Bay. Oh, Greg Jennings says they're going to run the football. I'm with you, Adam. I, I don't see Green Bay running the football more than about forty percent of the time. Cedric Benson right. is not going to get all those carries. At best. And who gets the goal line attempts? Yeah. John Kuhn? Yeah, John Kuhn. So at best, I think Cedric Benson is a spot starter. I don't know what the rules are in your league. How many flex two. positions you have? You have two flexes? Well, two, two running backs and one flex. Okay. I think he could be a spot starter in your flex. I don't think he's your consistent starter in the flex. Now let's go so to your you, other you, question. So go you ahead. go uh, Sproles and Martin? Yeah, I think Sproles and Martin is absolutely better. I mean, Doug Martin, to me, is going to be the guy in Tampa Bay. LeGarrette Blunt is not a three-down player. In other words, he's not a pass okay. protection guy. He's not a guy that's going to catch a lot of balls, whereas Doug Martin, they, look, teams don't draft a guy in the first round you know, for no reason. You, that's a high right. pick. I think Doug Martin's the guy. and I want to, But I want to address your other question about the Saints having three guys from the same team in fantasy. And, Adam, we've had this debate before. Do you want a quarterback-receiver combo? Now we're talking about a quarterback running back receiver combo. But even when the Saints have lost games, generally their offensive production is good. If there is a team that you can have three guys from the same team, I think this is it. Yeah, if you were going with a couple of guys from the Washington Redskins, I would be a little bit more concerned. If you're going to do it, and I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you, John, I, I this is not a practice that I typically adhere to, but I... I I don't like having guys from the same team, but again, if you're gonna if, if it's gonna be from one team, let it be the Saints. And we had talked about this. I don't remember if it was on today's show or on Monday about if you are gonna go for a quarterback combination, who would you want? And if Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham came up with me, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. Well, there you were able to split the difference, so you're gonna be fine there. Sproles is a good see. Sproles though is a good option. I I I don't like the practice of this, so I'm not advocating. Pick guys from the same team. But in your instance, I can live with it. It's it's palatable to me. I I wouldn't advise taking three guys from the same team, but in this instance, I I, I think you can get away with it. Uh, we got Eric in Charlotte. He's got a question about having the ninth overall pick in his 10-team league. Eric, what's going on? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for taking the call. No worries. Simple question. It's a straight 10-man league. I'm I'm ninth on the snake draft. It's not a PPR. But we do play with two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. Um, so I'm thinking on the, my first pick, I'll probably get you know Chris Johnson. Coming back at the 12th pick is Jimmy Graham. Is that too soon? Is that a reach, taking him on the 12th pick, you think? I don't think it's a reach, and I'll tell you why. It's because when I started to put together my board of receivers, I said, you know what, I'm going to shuffle in the tight ends. And Jimmy Graham, to me, when you look at it, he's the number three receiver when you combine the two positions. Because I would have, obviously, Megatron's going to be your number one. Larry Fitzgerald is your number two. And I would put Jimmy Graham right ahead of A.J. Green and Julio Jones. However, I'm now starting to think Jimmy Graham is my number two guy. So I don't think it's too soon at all. I know it's a position that, you know what, you don't typically fill in the second round. I think you're good, Eric. I think you should do it. So Thank you. So, Adam, on that note, Jimmy Graham, we've talked about him a lot on our show. Do you see him having the same kind of season he had last year, or do you see a subtle decline, being that 
obviously we know the situation going on with the Saints, but mm-hmm. also how often in NFL history has a tight end put up back-to-back seasons like that? I don't – see, I, I'm just not going to look at him as a tight end. I'm going to look at him kind of like how you looked at Jerry Rice when he had went from 1986 to 1987 – where he went from 15 touchdowns to 22 touchdowns. And in in 87, he did that in 12 games because of the strike. I see Jimmy Graham having a monster season, and he's – I get it. There's Nobody's been able to duplicate it before. Throw all that out. This is a new era of the NFL. He's going to be better. The rules changes. Safeties can't play ball. Absolutely. He's going to be just as good. I'm going to say he's going to be better. Well, 99 balls for 1,310 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. It was he and Gronk and pretty much everybody else in fantasy last year. NFL Fantasy Live Series 210 XM87. We have the Fantasy Cantina coming up next, and we're going to take more of your calls. Stay with us for the second hour, NFL Fantasy Live. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.